All right, here we go on a Thursday. <laughs> it is Cody and Gold. We're off to a great start already. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwartz. Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. Thanks, Alex. Don't try to steal my thunder. It's called a dramatic pause. On today's show, one trend Mahomes is looking to break and a Chiefs rookie that's not getting enough credit. Special guests include Dane and Hughes at 11, Andy Reid at 11.50. Now two guys who, like myself, were tossing and turning all night after housing a wheel of Swiss before bed. Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. Now you can start the show. Thank you. Yeah, I did not go with the string cheese before bed or anything like that. I'm, I'm saving it for the study that I'm trying to get entered in to win a th- you know to get a thousand dollars. We learned yesterday. Did you fill it out? I I did not. I did not. Not yet. We're no. counting on you. I, I know. I need I need to do that. But I'm glad to see Nick. Even if he's lactose intolerant, he still took one for the team last night and had a wheel of cheese before before bed. So. Though we learned if Nick some leaves, of them are lactose-free or nearly lactose-free, so you're safe, Nick. We, we did. Yeah, you can just go with, like, goat cheeses. Do they have this study but just for the people who are lactose-free to find out if they also have nightmares? I think it'd be nice. Maybe your body's reacting different to it. Mm-hmm. Feels like you're going with no. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. You can, Good of course, start, guys. hit us up on the Is this the line. worst start to the show we've ever had? Ever? That feels no, strong. We've had some other pretty rocky ones. Yeah, when the, you know, when the, you would just blame that on B-Dub and the computer. But what if I, Cody, what if I told you only half your face is on the live stream right now? Oh, well. That's even better. How about that? Better? Now, now it's my whole face. Now it's the other half of your face. Uh, and Cody and Alex, uh, I can only see... Half your head as well. It's too high. Too high? Let's just start over, guys. Let's just go to break. We do. You know what? Play the music again. Let's go to break. Give us a different intro. (laughs) And we'll just, uh, you know, we can just pretend like that part of the show never See, here's the problem. We've had Friday vibes all week, Mm. and now we're at Thursday, and we've run out of gas. It's it's kids before summer vacation. We're all acting like it's before the UFC title game, and we can't keep anything straight. I've repeated gold like four times this (laughs) week. We can't even get a single show started on time. I'm yelling more than normal. Cody's sick now, too. I'm sick. We're falling apart. This group's falling apart. I'm getting sick, too, by the way. I woke up this morning with a scratchy throat. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I guess just prepare yourself a Get it out of the system before before potential Super Bowl stuff, if the Chiefs take care of business on Sunday. Thinking of the Super Bowl, I felt like we talked about this more last year, that being... Uh, what it's like to deal with a quarterback not on a rookie contract, and how difficult does that make it for you to win a Super Bowl? Last year, we all know that the Rams, even though they only had Matthew Stafford as the quarterback, if you go and look at the finances, uh, they actually also had Matthew Stafford and Goff's contract, both on the book. So the stat that's out there is essentially if you have a quarterback that takes up a certain percentage of your salary cap, that you can't win a Super Bowl, right? That's That's been documented. That's sure. been discussed. Last year was a little bit different because – you had Stafford and Goff's contract all in the same deal, so technically they did it. But the rookie deal, 10th year out of 11, Super Bowls will feature a quarterback on a rookie deal. When you look through it right now, and the way that it's going to stre- stretch out is, they there will always probably be a quarterback who is expensive, who makes their way through these things. And I understand that version of it. But also, I think one of the problems here is, is that while that is probably the case, it's always going to be harder to be the Mahomes version. Like, it will never be easy to be him. It'll be harder to be that guy versus be Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy 
or Joe Burrow who are making no money. This it goes into the Mahomes conversation versus which guy's better, who's better than who. It's like, okay, well, he still gets the advantage of the rookie deal. When Mahomes was on his rookie deal, they did go to two Super Bowls. Now he's trying to not buck the trend because last year to me buried the you can't win a Super Bowl if quarterbacks are expensive because they had $45 million tied up between Matt Stafford and Jared Goff. They were paying as much as anybody to play quarterback for them. It just requires you to be what the Chiefs are. You're always going to go into the game a bit underhanded, probably from a skill position standpoint. You're going to have the younger defensive ends. You're going to have the younger corners. You're going to have the younger, less experienced, less expensive wide receivers. That's almost always going to be the case. If you play the Eagles in the Super Bowl, it'll be A.J. Brown. It'll be a guy they both traded for and paid a ton of money to. If you go up against, now, Bengals are fortunate because they were bad two years in a row, and they got Joe Burrow and then Jamar Chase. But like you're, but the reason why they're going to have Chase and Higgins and Boyd is because they're still on a rookie deal. Like, it's just going to always look a little bit different for Kansas City. So the final four quarterbacks remaining, Mahomes is the only one that's not on a rookie contract, as we know. So Mahomes, $45 million cap hit this year. Joe Burrow, $9 million. Jalen Hurts, $1.5 million. And then Mr. Irrelevant, uh, $934,000. Getting the most bang for their buck out there uh, in, in San Francisco, obviously. That's just based off average annual salary. It also speaks to... If you're someone in Cincinnati, if you're someone in Philadelphia, a smaller extent, someone in San Francisco, taking advantage of the the exact opportunity that you have right now before that cap number gets that certain way. But the reason why I think the Chiefs are able to be where they're at still as well, Cody, even with the cap hit being at 45 mil for Mahomes, is what they did in the offseason. They made a smart financial decision. People understood that maybe it was going to hurt them on the football field. It turned out it didn't. I'm talking about the Tyreek Hill trade, of course. Financially, made a ton of sense. Yeah. You didn't want to pay a guy $30 million. They were, remember, they were willing to get to 25, 26, 27, maybe even 28, not 30. In 31. retrospect, they shouldn't have even gotten to 25, 26, 27, sure. 28. They made a smart business decision, and it's allowing them, hopefully, going forward to have some more flexibility, including this offseason, where we know they're going to have to back up the Brinks truck if they want to keep Chris Jones. They're going to have to make a decision one way or the other on Brown or somebody else. Uh, and then some middle of the road deals with guys like. Sneed, for example. So that that was a smart decision. But if you're Joe Burrow and Sensi, yeah, you made it to the Super Bowl last year, but he's still on a rookie deal. He's getting a con- this offseason, he's all of a sudden going to start getting a new deal that's going to pay him probably $50 million per yeah. year. Not necessarily on the books next year, but a new deal for Burrow. Jalen Hurts, another year or so away as well from getting that kind of contract. Brock Purdy, way too early to determine that. He was Mr. Irrelevant. They don't have to do that this offseason or anything. Like, to me, the way this is, is the same reason we've done with other things with Mahomes. This is a check another thing off the list. Remember when we said, hey, can he do it without Tyreek Hill? Can he do it without the big weapons? Yeah. Now the question would be, can he do it while he makes $45 million a year? Because that's what he makes. He makes a lot of money this year. He's not. It's not even like one of those years, Gold, where like, Oh, no, he's really only like $17 million against the cap. No, Mahomes costs a real amount of money against the Chiefs cap this season, even though he's still a discount, I think, by most quarterback standards. He still makes a, you know, like a reasonable amount. And so I think when you look at this, it's like, okay, Mahomes can make whatever the hell he wants, and this team will still have to find a way to get to the Super Bowl. Now, maybe that only applies if Brett Veach is nailing the draft, because over the last couple of years... He's had some good drafts. Maybe in other years, they would have had to rework his contract before the year. But this year, they paid the full freight. They could have reworked his deal this year to give themselves more cap space, to add more weapons if needed. But they didn't. They just paid him. They paid him the normal amount they paid him. And if in a year where the draft comes up short, 
You're going to spend a little bit more money. His deal is still movable that way. Yeah, I mean, the, to your point about Brett Veach in the draft, this is why I understand people maybe at times get frustrated with uh, the positional value of certain draft picks. But I'll go back always to even the two linebacker selections they've made over the last couple of years, talking about Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. Yeah, would you rather be paying free agents at a premium price for a non-premium position or have these linebackers that you consider not to be a premium position still on rookie deals? That allows you to go out and, and pay Mahomes what you're paying, to, to pay Joe Tooney at left guard, whose number is going to only continue to go up at left guard. It allows you to devote those resources to other areas because you're dealing with a, 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 you know, a, a rookie contract for two of your linebacker, but really all of your linebacker positions right now. At this point, that that's the kind of stuff that center, not a, not a premium position, but right now Creed Humphrey is on a rookie contract. Still, your right guard is still on a rookie contract. That's how you're able to maneuver around that forty five yeah. million dollars as well. So that's why it's so important to continue to draft non premium positions as well. As much as we all want them to go find the next stud superstar wide receiver, yeah, I, I don't do want them to well. have to pay the Joe Tooney's of the world either. If that makes sense, yeah. he's the highest paid left guard in football. I don't really want to be paying that all the time either. Yeah. You can always afford to pay a couple of people to be the richest guy at their position. Every NFL team can afford that, right? But quarterback is always going to be one of your positions. <laughs> there's, just, there's just no way. And the way it's looking, Chris Jones might be one of those positions. Okay, well, then, you know, you're going to have to make a difficult offseason decision about a guy like Legereus Need. I just, this has been actually really reassuring to me. It's Mahomes makes a lot of money. They get rid of Tyree. Like, there were a lot of things thrown against the Chiefs to make it harder to get to yet another AFC title game. And it didn't matter. They bucked all that. They finished with the best record in the NFL. They're the number one seed right now. And they're a win away from going to their third Super Bowl in four years. So it's like none of that slowed them down. To me, that goes back to like maybe the comments that um, I think it was LaShawn McCoy made on one of the talk. Normally we say bad things about him. But he yeah. said one of the things Tom Brady had said to him was that Brady had said that Mahomes was the only guy he thought could get him. The only guy he thought could catch him. This is why. This is why, if Brady really said that, this is why he thought it, right? Wow, guys, in a second year in the league, and we had to go to overtime to prevent him from going. Like, Think about how close Mahomes is to going, or how close Mahomes was, to going to five consecutive Super Bowls. He lost in overtime on a coin flip to them in the first one, went to the next two, had an 18-point lead in the fourth, and is now getting ready to play this. I know we can't butterfly affect this, but he is legitimately, you know, like, Tiny little fractions of things off from attending five consecutive Super Bowls. It's bonkers, and he does it under any circumstance. Our NFL playoff coverage is brought to you by Metro Ford. View our inventory online at kcmetroford.com. More good news coming out, though, of practice yesterday. We heard from Patrick Mahomes mentioning how he's going to push himself a little bit and try to be a full go at practice. Well, officially through the Chiefs and their participation report, if you will, uh, he was a full participant in practice yesterday. And... At this point, you're starting to see some optimism uh, across the country on this as well. All but one sports book right now now has the Chiefs back as the favorites. Okay, were you overreacting the other way? <laughs> no, this, this, sports, this is why sports books yeah. are dumb, man. <laughs> well, look, uh, the money came in heavy on Cincinnati on Sunday. There was Cincinnati right there in front of everybody blowing out Buffalo. There was the injury that we didn't have a ton of clarity on yet. Then you saw on Monday the news that officially the Chiefs confirmed was a high ankle sprain. So you saw it bump up to two, two and a half. And then as the week has gone on, after the overreaction has happened, now you're starting to see some more positive vibes about uh, video of Mahomes at practice, even if it is him stretching, basically. Uh, he lightly and, and, jogged, and, and, too. And jogging so, a little bit. I mean, and um, stepped down from a podium. So. so 
you know, Look, the odds makers are also they're you know liability on both sides, right? They're trying, you know, a lot of the money is still on Cincinnati, but it's interesting, right, to see how quickly it yeah. continues to shift around. But him being a full participant, like you have to be more optimistic today on Thursday, and we're going to hear from Andy Reid again coming up later today. Uh, more optimistic than you were two days ago, based off of what's going. As long as he didn't wake up today and that foot is, and ankle is just extremely swollen and it's even worse. As long as yesterday's practice being a full participant didn't hurt him for, for today. If he's a full participant again today, then let's go, man. And let's go for Sunday. I mean, then he's because that's it. I think it was like we had this conversation on Monday, obviously. And I had said, oh, I don't know. Uh, he'll, he'll be at like 90% by you think 90. <sighs> I know. Look, I think the mobility score, I would put a little <laughs> bit low, like maybe 50% mobility, but 90% Patrick. Mahomes. I think we're going to get about 75 to 85. If we're doing a true range of what Mahomes is from his entire body of work on Sunday, because he's, I mean, it is still a high ankle spread. That's not just going away magically, even though he's different than everybody else. And he does tend to heal quicker. Like the high ankle sprain, like Mr. Miyagi really isn't just going to like, it's not going to go away. I can just it's, rub it's, some it's, dirt on but, it and he's just fine. But it, it, it's, it's getting, it seems to be obviously continuing You're more to go optimistic on than you were before, on Monday, right? Absolutely. How can I not Nick, be? Nick, I assume yeah. you are too. Cause you practically laughed at me when I had said 90% on Monday. Now it's at least slightly more realistic. No, no, okay. no, I'm not backing okay. down. Okay. <laughs> why? Just because? That, because that's one of the reasons why, I, you know, why I've gotten to the top of this industry is <laughs> by whatever, whatever, you know, prediction that I make, you, you stand, stand oh, by really? it no matter really? what. It doesn't matter uh, what uh, new information comes across my desk. So you're I picking just, the Chargers this weekend to, to win the Well, that would be game. illogical because they're not participating. I think you, well, exactly. I think you said initially the Chiefs were going to lose to the Chargers. He also said they didn't have Super Bowl vibes. They don't have Super Bowl vibes, according to me. He's changed that, though. He's, he's, you're he, back. He's he, flip flop. He, he I said that they, they showed me some vibes last week. They got vibes. They got yeah. vibes. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes goes down. Henny comes in, 98 yard touchdown drive. You got seventh round rookies making big plays. Mahomes comes back in. Looks great. I mean, that uh, vibes were listen, everywhere. Listen to Patrick Mahomes. He, of course, was on the drive with CDOT yesterday. Talking about kind of the, the therapy and everything that's been going on the last couple of days. You have different therapy things that the uh, trainers have for you. Luckily for, for me, we have a lot of the, the – we have the best training staff probably in the NFL. So uh, I just listen to what they tell me to do and try to get myself ready. And uh, we had practice today, and I get to go out there and test it out a little bit. Tested it out fine. He did, and he was a full participant. We'll find out if he is again today. I like that Mahomes got a high ankle sprain, and he's on the field as a full participant faster than McCole Hardman, who's been out for two and a half months. Yeah, different injury, but I get the point. Like, Way different injury, but, but yeah. But this is the difference between people. Like, I, you yeah. know, like, I know you're talking about, like, I mean, for McCole and Ferris, we don't even know really what the injury ever was. I don't have any it's idea. A, you know, it went from an abdominal illness. If you told me injury. he lost a gallbladder or just, like, tweaked a ligament, I guess I'd believe you. I have no idea. Yeah. Like his mystery is pel- pel- pelvic his injury, injury now. To me. It didn't start that way, right? They said correct. It initially was a dominal illness, illness, and then it was a dominal injury, injury, and then it's now it's pelvis. pelvis. Yeah. Okay, well, that seems like it's moving know, in a direction. I'll <laughs> say that it's moving. Know. It's moving. I don't know what's going on. It's moving by by. It'll be like a mid leg injury by the time we actually Hopefully get not. McCall, by the way, was limited. Uh, at practice yesterday, if you were wondering. He was the only player that was not a full participant. They don't have to give injury stuff updates for guys that are not active, meaning they didn't have to give an update on Fortson or Clyde, so we don't know if they actually were full or limited, but that's that's why they can come out yesterday and say that everybody was a full participant other than McCall Hartman. Nick said, though, in his gut, he thinks Jody Fortson's going to play. Like, he can just feel it on his inside. Yeah, like, that is true. They have, like, a secret. That's true, but also that could have just been stomach cramps. 
from the cheese. <laughs> I mean, yeah. based off of Fortson's Twitter account and where things are trending and then moving on from uh, Chris Lamont's and stuff, like I, I think it's probably is a safe bet that Jody will be uh, active on Sunday. No, I agree. It seems like a pretty good opportunity now. But the only problem is, like, Fortson, we've talked about him before. It's not that he plays no special teams. They didn't play the way Lamont's does. So it's like you've still got to rework your system in place of this. Are you in any way talking your way to McColl having a chance to play? I'm not really buying it, Sunday? guys. I, I obviously would. I, I want to see still because we haven't seen it ever. Full go, Kadarius. Full go, McColl. With this offense in a in a big game, we haven't we haven't seen it yet. With everybody in the full complement, so I, I want to see it. I'm just not. I've, we, we've seen time and time again now the last couple of weeks where he'll be limited, and then all of a sudden Andy will talk the next day and like, well, we're going to back off a little bit. So no, I I'm not buying that one as much. Like I I believe that obviously. Patrick is a full participant and that things continue to trend. Well, I'm not as sold on the McCall Hardman stuff. I, I think we all would love to see what this offense in the red zone looks like when you have McKinnon with Tony and McCall on the field at one time. That seems fun to me, but I, I just not, I'm not confident that's going to happen. Especially because McKinnon is playing personal protector all of a sudden, right? He's back yeah. there yeah. standing back there. Make sure Mahomes doesn't take any of those extra hits one way or the other. I, I don't think he plays this week. Maybe I'm just down on it because I think I talked myself into he's going to come back, we're going to be there, and here we go. But then once you like, once you realize that this is – we've gone through this story a couple of times, you're like, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't rule out the Super Bowl. He's back on the practice field. They really did reactivate him. So they, they had intention to play him. I don't think it was ever like they activated him to be confused. I think they thought he was going to play. He had a setback, and now they're like, is there any chance we're going to get him on the field? So let's – to me – Rushing him back for this game is not the solution because you got to just find a way to win without McCole Hartman. And then you hope by the Super Bowl time, if he's ready, you have every single imaginable option at your disposal in order to go out and beat them. To me, it's like I'm way more co- – it's weird. It's like I'm way more confident that like Mahomes is going to be pretty good and not – you know, versus McCole. It's just like we haven't seen him in so long. I'm still curious how this affects his offseason stuff. He would have locked, likely been. Right. He'll be like the fifth best wide receiver on the free agent market this year. Like, there are not many in, choices. In terms of that conversation, I, I do believe him playing so few games this year uh, does make it more likely that he's back in Kansas City. Because if you're McColl, is the, the dollar amount that you could get on the open market the same as if you would have played in 15 games this year? Yeah, no. but if and you're going to so, do a one-year prove-it deal, shouldn't it be with someone else? I would argue more time with someone else other than Patrick Mahomes, like and Andy Reid. You know, well, what I mean? because like, you're the fifth option, sixth option in this offense. Well, let's look through. Wouldn't you want to try to go be the third or fourth option what, somewhere? Second option is somewhere? he the fifth or sixth next year? Though, I mean, let's go through what, right now. So right now, just in terms of who's actually under contract, let's say McColl comes back. So there's McColl. You know, you have Sky uh, as a right. The second MVS is still part of the part of the team for next year. Uh, did I did I say Sky MVS? Yeah, Sky Tony. McColl. So at worst, he's the fourth. He's probably the third well, in that they bring scenario. Bring back Juju, though. And well, if they if they if they bring back Juju, yeah. You know, it's just like everybody put in there. It's like, I think we're all in agreement. Tony would be one, Kelsey two, and then everybody else after that. <laughs> right. Fortson one, Tony two, Kelsey three. Oh, Fortson, I think is probably in line for more of like a three man role because the injury. Oh, just because yeah. of the injury. Yeah. yeah. Once he comes back fully halfway mm-hmm. through the year, that mm-hmm. might shift though, huh? It just depends on how you look at it. From the McColl angle, I understand where you're being. Well, you know, he'd be fourth, but there are a lot of teams McColl would be at two. Somebody would give him a fair amount of targets, like actually throw his way a lot, let him try to be an everyday, every down wide receiver. It's never going to happen in Kansas City, 
and he's found a really nice role here. So if he's comfortable with that, then go with it. Reminder, coming up at, at 11 o'clock, Dayton Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver. He'll be part of the broadcast Sunday night out at Arrowhead on the Chiefs radio network. He'll join us at 11 o'clock. We'll get back into uh, what is going on, uh, of course, for this weekend in, in the Chiefs opponent, something that actually has happened over the last couple of games. It's not getting talked about a lot, but there is some just NFL news that t- today that I think is kind of interesting that could have some repercussions for how things go with quarterback carousel in the offseason. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Yes, the Broncos head coach that did not make it through one full season as their head coach just got hired reportedly by the Jets to be their offensive coordinator. I'm sure that's going over great in New York. And I understand, like, you can be a failed head coach and be a great coordinator. It happens all the time. So I'm not saying that I always point out Wade Phillips is the best example of that. Sure. So Nathaniel Hackett could still be a great offensive coordinator. What I think is interesting about it is we all know there's also rumors out there that could the Jets try to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Are teams going to stop Nathaniel hiring Nathaniel Hackett, Hackett to try to get Aaron Rodgers? It's happened twice. Or this will be the second time if it doesn't pay off. Is this what we're going to keep doing? Just everyone's just going to Nathaniel Hackett gets to keep a job in the NFL under all circumstances because Aaron Rodgers might want to play with him. It's weird too, though. So like Brett Favre, we know Hall of Fame career. Uh, Green Bay drafts Rodgers. Favre didn't didn't want to really help him out. Uh, then Favre left for the Jets. Rodgers right now Hall of Fame career. Uh, Green Bay drafted Jordan Love. Rodgers really doesn't really want to mentor him. And now he leaves for the Jets. Like, oh, he's gonna just go time flat circle thing here. Is that is that what's going on? Is it gonna end up being the same thing? I mean, Minus hopefully the uh, future play. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers doesn't swindle people out of money uh, in one of the poorest states in the country. Uh, hopefully he doesn't do what Brett Favre allegedly has done. Uh, he he had some weird comments yeah. yesterday. Yes, yes. I wouldn't did. I wouldn't rule out I wouldn't rule out Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he's a weird dude. Aaron Rodgers could fall into any number of things. I feel like he could end up like he could just retire. And then we just don't see him for like fit, like 10 years like Ricky Williams. who just like disappeared for a while and then showed back up. And it was like he runs his own cannabis company. Like, hey, Ricky, yeah, that Williams, all Ricky Williams actually very smart. He was way ahead of the curve in terms of all the cannabis stuff. He got out. Of front well, of I got him kicked out of the NFL. But, but yeah, which is stupid. Yeah, just in retrospect. He was you know how the, dumb that is. He was ahead of the curve, though, with his cannabis business. He got he got way in front of that ahead of everybody else. He saw the writing on the wall. He was smart. Good for him. I just don't know why. Like this to me is a terrible hire. I didn't think LaFleur even did that bad of a job. What did you give LaFleur? No wide receivers and a bad quarterback? What offensive well, coordinator I is supposed back, to success under? Aaron Rodgers, to me, was not bad this year. By no, no, his no, I'm, I'm talking about the Jets. I'm talking about the other LaFleur. His brother. Gotcha. Yeah, the, the <laughs> guy who was the Mike, OC. Yeah, Mike LaFleur. Gotcha. Sorry. Mike LaFleur in New York. What the hell was he supposed to do with that offensive coordinator job? He wasn't given any ability to succeed there. I guess they gave him Brees Hall. But all of their superior talent is on the defensive side of the ball. Of course, it's easier to look at as the defensive coordinator there. You had an all-pro as a rookie on your defense. Sure, I could probably look pretty good as a defensive coordinator under those circumstances, too. You had a defensive player of the year candidate for half the year in Quinn and Williams. Seems like that'd be a pretty easy time to be a defensive coordinator. He had, what was the best wide receiver in New York? Legitimately. Wilson. Okay, but he was a rookie? He's a good player. Elijah Moore was good. His rookie year wasn't as good this year. They actually have, I think they actually have two pretty decent receivers in New York. I, know. I mean, Jets. by NFL Talk standards, I think it's kind of low. Well, they're not proven commodities, and look, right? Yeah. And having they better wide receivers than quarterback because being stuck with Mike White and Zach Wilson Are you giving and up all that. Joe Flacco. The report is that it might take two first round picks, though. Are you giving that up no for Rodgers? Not at his age. He might no only way. play one more year. I have no problem with the Jets want to trade for Rodgers, but I cannot give up two first round picks for him. No way. He's not 39. He might only play for one year. Woody Johnson, the owner, might be desperate enough, though, to do it. To me, it's like you just got to ride this thing out and try to get the Tom Brady year. 
wait till he's 41 and hope you get to just sign him to a contract. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll, because trading for him at this rate, it seems absurd. We'll have to check in with our NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino, next week to get his thoughts on some of the, the also the Nathaniel Hackett hiring, but uh, the rumblings around Aaron Rodgers maybe becoming uh, a Jets quarterback. All right, coming up next, though, we get right back into the Chiefs and, and Bengals in particular. One thing that has happened with Cincinnati that's not being discussed. Next. and running here on a Thursday. It's Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. Again, Dane and Hughes going to join us for his weekly visit with us coming up at 11 o'clock. Get his thoughts on this offense and what it might look like with uh, 80% Mahomes. Does he now have more faith like Cody does that Mahomes can actually be around 90%? We'll get into all that with Dane and Hughes. Hey, can we stop with the percentages? What? what? That's what we do. No, That's you know what? what? Do, this isn't a math show. So it's a sports say- show. So what are we supposed to say for what we think a level of, of full effectiveness okay. he can be? A pie? What do you want? How other? What other skill do you want to do? A well, you, what did you just almost a say? Four, pie chart? A, a four out of <laughs> you five. You guys stop <laughs> it. No Charts math. and graphs and percentages. <laughs> what, what, I didn't know I was in school. Do you I want, didn't know this was arithmetic. I didn't know right. this was uh, four, so four stars out of five. What so do you want? He's an everything bagel normally, no, but he's like to. missing the okay. onion. If you know, like if he's not him full self, his full self. How about that? Does that work better for you? Well, I think sometimes the onion can be overpowering on an everything bagel. So I don't. So maybe want... staying in the pocket would be good for him. Think about that way. Maybe he runs a guys, little too much. Sometimes. We already have like I, see, I, you guys are making this more complicated than it needs to be. We already have a way that we're supposed to talk about it. Will he have that dog in him or not? Oh, is that is well, that's always hard. there for Mahomes. Okay, that's always that always exists. How for many Mahomes? dogs? As, as the executive producer of this show. What's it going to take for that to be your opening question to Danon when he joins us at 11 o'clock? <laughs> Do we think Mahomes will still have that dog in him on Sunday? That's an obvious answer. Yes. Okay. Well, it may be an obvious I don't answer. I want to ask an obvious but question. But no, but, but you, may be teeing, you may be teeing it up for Danon. He knocks it out of the park. We put it on social media. <laughs> it goes viral. The endorsements start flooding in. Yeah. We well, get rich beyond our wildest dreams. Quit this job. So you say, should we get a local food store? You say Barbados. A local food store, to, a pet food store to sponsor it. Does, pet does he have that dog in him? Yes. And it's pet sponsored smart. by Petco or whatever. Yeah. There you go. See, now you're thinking. Nick. Now Instead you're thinking, of player thinking, of the game, man. the Chiefs can have dog of the game. He had that dog in oh, him today. Oh, nice. So we'll start a pet food company. Then buy okay, that monster see, from now you lost us. <laughs> Cody and Gold dog food is what Cody wants now. Why are like. we letting? I told you five things. That's my goal. By the end Cody of the like thinks Did we're Walmart. Cody, you think we're Walmart. Like, we're just going to start producing everything. <laughs> we, have our, we have our own brand. This country used to produce things, Nick. Oh, <laughs> and I don't know why you. Oh, I don't know why oh. you stopped. We used to produce things in this country, and oh, I'd like to be a part of no. that. You should want to be a part of that. Not just outsourcing everything in this world, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, we just got to go back to now. It's back to being wokey tap. Political. <laughs> go ahead. Go woke, go broke, man. I didn't make it political. I was just saying, let's produce some oh, stuff. Oh, there was some. I think there was a little bit of that in there, man. Mm. Are you going to go to Arizona if the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, or are you going to you... protest because of their politics? Yeah, is Arizona because not? Of what? Is Ari- Arizona the state? Yeah, is it yeah. not? Is it not? Is it not welcome you enough? I was a part-time resident there. I'm sure it's more than more than welcoming. Okay, you were there for like one month five years ago. Chill. I was like, thank you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been there one other time? Have you been to Arizona? I've oh, dude, been. now I don't even want to think about going to Arizona because been. you're going to be insufferable to be around. You're like, oh yeah, no. there's this cool this little spot, this cool little coffee shop on the corner. No way. I used to I go through all, all the time. time in Phoenix. 
He's gonna. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Gold. I'm not gonna be like that. I don't want to do this to Cody, but uh, <laughs> I do. I do know what Nick might be talking about. I, I would expect us maybe to get off the plane and Cody to give us the entire rundown of the Phoenix airport when we land. You'll notice the. You'll I notice the rundown. You'll notice it's a dry heat down here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh. uh, we will get to Nick. Well, let's one. hope we go. <laughs> so we can. Love you, Cody. This is, sounds like it's good on the air. Either way. <laughs> We'll get to Nick's notable notes coming up in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, but looking at this, this game on, on Sunday in the opponent Cincinnati, right? Like they very narrowly, and you don't apologize for it because it's, it's the playoffs, but they are a 98 yard, not 99 yard fumble return for a touchdown away from us. Not even talking about three and Cincy. not even talking about burrow head, not even talking about it. Like the idea that since he's just been rolling through the postseason so far in two games, of course, is not accurate. Now, I still think heading into the postseason, they were as hot as anybody hit them in the 49ers heading into this postseason. But in the in the two playoff games that they played Baltimore, uh, that was a close call against Buffalo. That was that was pretty close to a boat racing type of a performance, though, against the Buffalo Bills up and buff up in Buffalo. Like, I don't think we should downplay that. The the way I look at this, like Cincinnati is. Because you were talking about, like, how good they've played this entire time or stretching yeah. it out to last year's games against the Chiefs. Like, I don't think it's fair for it to be like, boy, they destroyed Buffalo and not even at least have a conversation about the things that caused them problems against Baltimore. Because we know, and they made the play. This is not to say that they didn't make the play and they're not in the AFC title game because of it. But they were on death's door in that Baltimore game against a third-string quarterback, right? I mean, they were up against it against a unit that had been short on players the entire time and were running into issues and they were standing there on the one yard line. And look, they made the play credit to Cincinnati for making the play two plays in a row. Actually, they stopped him on the one yard line and then forced the fumble that eventually led to the 98 yard touchdown return that eventually won Cincinnati the game. But I think we should be factoring the both. I went through that entire schedule and Cincinnati does run into some regular problems that happened against Baltimore because when they get out of sync for a little bit, they do have a tendency to go bouts without scoring. Not the way I feel like the Chiefs very rarely do. The Chiefs very rarely, to me, just scoring shuts down for a while. They get in some grind-out games that I think should be credited for. They give me a little bit of confidence that the Chiefs can still win here. Well, no, I mean, that's why I don't think anybody considers Cincinnati or any of the teams remaining in the post, like this huge juggernaut. I don't think I even Philadelphia, who on the NFC side, was the, the best team start to finish in football for most part in terms of record for, until the Jalen Hurts injury. I never looked at, at Philly as this juggernaut. I don't think people look at Cincy as a juggernaut. I don't think people look at Kansas City, even with a healthy Mahomes, as this juggernaut. I don't think that existed uh, this year in the NFL personally. I, I thought things were a little tighter than they had been uh, in, in recent memory in terms of these teams we consider to be contenders. So like, I'm not the fact that Cincinnati played in some close games, like, yeah, that doesn't mean that n- nobody thought they were a team that was get- rolling through everybody in that regard. Like Kansas City, as we know, Cody, had plenty of close games this year. They found ways to win them, whether it was overtime against the Houston Texans, for crying out loud. Like, obviously, Denver. Oh, yeah. Denver I mean, so I, that's why I'm not. And then if you look at their playoff run of the year, they won the Super Bowl. It's not like they didn't have some close calls in there, yeah. right? This goes back to just where you and I have discussed even yesterday when we were talking about the, the trenches of this game. And we're both on the same page with the offense. You and I disagree on the Chiefs defensive line in this game and going up against Cincinnati because on paper, yeah, they should, they should be able to dominate. They're the second best team in Saxon football, but going back to even what you're talking about here, where, Hey, you know, Cincinnati, they, they struggled against Baltimore for whatever reason though, 
Against Kansas City, Joe Burrow plays nearly perfect. I think it was Nick Bolton yesterday that talked about it, how like Joe Burrow did not make a single mistake in the regular season matchup, and they've got to make him make those mistakes. Like that, what, you know, what's your confidence that that can happen? Because Joe Burrow was flawless in the regular season matchup. Not saying he's never made a mistake in his life playing football. Of course not. But he has been flawless when he's played the Chiefs. That has to change on Sunday. It does. There's, there's no – and he doesn't play as flawless against other teams. Like you're saying, no, that's what I'm saying. sure, exactly. Baltimore, it's a divisional game. Maybe they just run into it. Or the other losses they had this year, like when they lost to the Steelers. No, the Steelers is week one. I'm not going to try to pretend like that has any bearing what on a weird game. how this team plays now. But if you look, they're a little bit like Kansas City in the play down category. I think that's why these two teams have had such like knockdown dragouts. Like, they continuously do it. But they are still more inconsistent than the Chiefs. The one thing that they, they keep, I keep coming back to is we talk about Cincinnati like they are an unstoppable juggernaut, an immovable object as an offense. Because in three games against the Chiefs, they have done that. I will remind you, in the two games last year, I don't think that was a good defense. So I'm factoring just this year. They were not an immovable object against the Chiefs this year. They moved the ball well. They scored. They were not an unstoppable force. They still had to give the ball back. They were accurate. They were efficient. They didn't take chances. They didn't go for these big plays. They had to kind of grind out an offensive effort. But why didn't Cincinnati finish even in the top five? Like, why weren't they even a top five offense this year? What was holding them back? The Cleveland Browns? Like, I understand that they play in a semi-difficult division, but the the Steelers' defense was way down this year, too. It's not like they play in a worse one than this. It just might... like, for as much as we talk about Cincinnati's offense because we're used to the way they play against Kansas City, they're not the Chiefs, and they're not Buffalo, and they're not the way some of these other offenses have played this year, at least not on paper over the course of an entire season. I don't know if they've got, like, I don't know if it's that they're just inconsistent or if this is just who they are, but they've yet to be a top-five offense at any point this season, really. For the Chiefs in this game, like, for for them to go through and be in a position that they've been in in the prior three matchups, which is what? Having a lead, in some cases, a double-digit lead. Um, I think the first quarter, and it sounds silly, like, duh, you want to get off to a good start, but the first quarter, to me, is going to be so important for Kansas City in particular. One, there's a chance it's the best Mahomes might be feeling the entire game with the ankle injury. The other part is Cincinnati has been one of the best first quarter teams in football all year yeah, they and, they, have. and they've been even better in the last four games and they were good against Kansas City in the the regular season game this year they 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 were scoring early so that I mean that to me is a really important quarter because of the the health moment like there's a chance that that ankle and the mobility gets worse as the game goes on cold weather does someone step on the ankle does he get twisted whatever right all, all that can can factor into it early on in the game that should be the best that Mahomes feels you know whatever they got to do before the game to make him he doesn't feel any pain uh, whatever they got to do in terms of wrapping up the ankle, all of that, like that will be right the coming best. into the game. And right after half is when you would think that you're feeling the best Fourth except, quarter might be dicey, but you know, except at halftime, I'm assuming he won't be sitting as long as he's moving around still at halftime, right? If you sit all of a sudden, if you're not moving, then that that's why they want him constantly moving around though, to keep that thing loose. But yes, I hear what you're saying. Like if they have to rewrap it or, or something like that, there's, this is all of this, like the way we talk about the ankle and all this stuff is why I'm really convinced this is going to be, as Therese Paler used to put, this is going to be over my dead body. Like, Mahomes is going to just do that this time. It, You can feel it. The sense of it's going to be the it's over my dead body game, you can just, it's bubbling up. It's the ankle, it's Cincinnati, it's the trash talk, it's who Mahomes is. 
all those things just lead me to believe that we're on the precipice of one of those games from him. Whoa. Because normally I don't see him coming ahead of time because we just get in the middle of the game and you're like, oh, he's just not going to let them lose this one, is he? And I feel like I can already sense that coming. Like, I know you could be like, well, wouldn't that Jacksonville a little bit right? Like, he came in the game. I'm like, they mm-hmm. always had control in the game. The second hit, he scored a 98-yard touchdown. I'm like, well, this game's done. Like, it didn't even matter if Mahomes came back in. I was like, that was the death blow to Jacksonville. You let Chad Henney go 98 yards on a touchdown drive. You're done here, right? So it's, to me, I feel like Mahomes still has that coming. I mean, that is the storybook um, result, storybook ending, if you will. Uh, the the trash talk, as you said, the ankle injury, these unknown, and how is he going to be able to play and what his mobility is going to be. Uh, AFC title game, a team that's beat you t- once already in the AFC title game last year. I mean, it, it fits like this this perfect Disney movie script, and it adds to the the crazy story of Mahomes. Like, I, I hope you're right. Like, that that is the ideal scenario. That's the fun one. That's the one that will have everybody drooling on Monday. Um, I don't I, I don't know if that's too perfect, though. Like, he does have the over-my-dead-body games. Of course, we've seen it. Um, he hasn't had them when he's had an ankle injury, a high ankle sprain in particular, six days after the one before. Like, that's, like we can say that that's what he wants to do, and that's, that's what he's capable of. Sure, is he capable of actually doing that with the ankle? That's what we're going to have to find out with the injury. I'm not so sure it can be one of those games entirely. Now, that will be the narrative. If he wins and, and he just looks, even throws 280 and two touchdowns and they win, uh, people will call it that because – He's hurt like it. This is the it's not MJ flu game by any means, but it certainly uh, will we'll put him in that category where this will be an all time type of performance. If all goes well. Yeah, because it would still be because like you've said, no matter what, we're still going to be even if he looks kind of normal in this game, you're still going to be like, I mean, he had a high ankle sprain like six days ago, you know, seven days ago, and he's doing this. It will still stand as that. I told you the only way like you really get flu game, flu game stuff is if you win the championship. All those moments we talk about, the Strug, Gibsons, flu game, those are in championship runs. That's part of the reason they stand out as being extraordinary or one of, you know, like the few sports moments we talk about. Even Brady, Brady actually talked about that on his podcast too. He was saying he texted Patrick Mahomes and it said, this is the whole point of all of this is that when things are hard sometimes and you don't want it, you know, like your foot hurts, you try to stay in. Cause that still stands out to me. Him trying to force his way into that game. That's this is another reason why I feel like this is going to be an over my dead body. Like he won't let them lose. He's like, no way. I'm not losing this game. I know that's a non-football reason. No, it's fine. That's a non-football reason to say that Cincinnati's gonna win. But with Mahomes, I think it's very tangible. It's um it's under like it's understood like that. He, it, there's not anybody you'd rather have at quarterback dealing with what he's dealing with, both ankle wise and just, you know, cards uh stacked against them to a certain extent. Uh, at least people think. Now, as I told you, the Chiefs are now favorites once again, so it's kind of yeah. funny. Um, but, yeah, there's nobody you would rather want to have in this situation and all everything that's going into Sunday's game than the quarterback that you have. There's nobody else in the league right now that you would still rather have with the injury, an opponent that has beat him three straight times, all of that. There's there's no other quarterback you would rather have, you know, quote-unquote, going into battle with uh, on, on Sunday night out at Arrowhead. It's not even close. Yeah, that's it. I like these games because when Mahomes has those moments, it is the most fun time to be at Arrowhead. Nick's Notable Notes. All right, guys. Today's edition of Nick's Notable Notes is brought to you by Cheese. Cheese, one of the top ways to eat dairy since 1812. All right, guys. Longer than that. Is it when did when was cheese invented? Like so long ago. Like so what, like the medieval like the medieval times. I would think so. When did they, like, I know we had milk back then, but when did we learn how to turn milk into cheese? 
Cheese was invented three uh, back in 3000 BCE, first dynasty nah, of that's Egypt. That's just not true. That's just not true. So um, we're not going to argue <laughs> about this. We have a, a bigger fish to fry today. Okay. Guys, I got a stat line for you. Nine catches, 112 yards. That is Juju Smith-Schuster's last four games with the Chiefs. Let's just start right here because Surprisingly I, have a, low. I have a bigger conversation about the Chiefs wide receivers that I want to have with you guys today. But first things first, what's up with Juju not really being a factor this last month? A couple things. I, I, would, I would argue that we've seen the running game in terms of production there increase. I think we have also uh, seen Jarek McKinnon's involvement go up. And so like, we're just taking a look at Yeah, but at, they're not, they're not the they're, same. I, they're you not, know what I mean? No, they're not the same Here's player. The thing. But, but they're you, still leading the NFL scoring, you right? You think he's throwing for 550 yards every game? Like, no, I'm if, not, it's not McKinnon a criticism. Is, I'm just if, wondering. No, I'm, I'm, and I'm giving, I'm giving you the answer. Yeah, I was t- he was, like he was chiming in from the cheap seats over there. So I was addressing him real quick. Juju sent him a text and be like, defend my honor. Do not let this guy claim that I'm not doing enough on the field right now. I didn't say he's not doing enough. I'm simply saying a guy who for you know long stretches of the season was the Robin to Kelsey's Batman sure. just has not been able to I, be you know the find one production. thing I would say is over those four games they are averaging 30 points a game so like I'm having a hard time being like Hey Juju, can you step up some more? I hey, dude, I, I I don't know how else to say it. I'm not criticizing. No, him. no, I mean, no, I know you're not. <laughs> I, I know you're not criticizing, but you're. Like, you I think know, he's just in a slow you, stretch. He's you, not a 1500 yard you, receiver, you, so he's going to have yeah. stretches where he only catches for 30 yards a game. No, you no, like you you asked the question like why is he not doing? It? I'm just telling you if we have the same conversations that Jarek McKinnon is suddenly the second most important offensive weapon for the team. That means somebody else probably isn't the second most important offensive weapon anymore. It might also be that Travis Kelsey been going for like 14 catches for 400 yards a game. I don't know. Well, the reason why I ask is because you're right. It doesn't matter when you're winning football games and you're still scoring points. But if you lose a game and he has 30 yards, then all of a sudden we'll look back on it and say, well, that's a big reason why. I do wonder this, though. If you're seeing the way the Chiefs are playing and the fact that he's not producing – does it at all make you back off the idea of really wanting to give this guy a long-term extension in the offseason? Not you, for me. Not for me. For um, Yeah, for me, no. I, I still think... the number be, went down? Well, that depends on the what, whether... Uh, some other team will still be willing to pay whatever the price was a month ago. That, so that same team that has interest that's des- desperate I can move on and be it. okay. Um, it's not a Cold. knock... It's not even a knock on him necessarily. It's that, uh, obviously, I think Travis Kelsey proved to you you got a couple more years of leeway on that. So you've got some runway there, and I'm interested in taking wide receivers in the draft. I really think the Chiefs have got to seek over the next couple of years seeking out that number one guy they find somewhere in the middle of the first or late in the first round. And, you know, sometimes I think it's hard to both evaluate if you have that guy and give Juju the amount of targets you're going to get amongst other guys. Seeing a full season of the Chiefs offense being constructed the way it has been without a true number one at wide receiver and seeing the fact that Mahomes is still going to be MVP and this was the number one scoring offense in the NFL. Did, now that we've got a full season kind of in the rearview mirror, does it at all change your outlook on how you want to see this roster constructed and this offense constructed moving forward? Well, so I, so I, I still, with Cody on this part, which is no matter what they do, free agent wide receiver, I still want them drafting a wide receiver fairly high. That, that remains the same no matter what they do there. But I'll go back to what we've discussed with Travis Kelsey. I think you can quote unquote get by with not having a legit number one wide receiver as long as Travis Kelsey is still a thousand yard receiver. Where it gets ner- where you get nervous, at least I will, 
is the minute Travis Kelsey either A is retired or B just is more like and more like an eight or nine hundred yard guy, which is fine. Which for his better eight, than pretty much every other tight end in the NFL. But when you're not getting twelve or thirteen hundred yards anymore, then suddenly it's very important that you have a legit number one wide receiver. Right now, you have that legit number one wide receiver. His name is Travis Kelsey. That's part That'll of the reason the I'm day. not like desperate to pay Juju whatever he wants. Like I know it's a weak wide receiver class, so there'd be some limitations. But because they have their full complement of draft picks, too, they can take another shot on a Tony-type deal. They can try to formulate their play in a couple of different ways. It doesn't have to involve Juju. Well, I'm not I, saying get I rid of think, him. Well, yeah, but it doesn't have to Because I think him. we can sit here on the outside and say Travis Kelsey will be great forever. He'll have 1,000 yards for the next five years. But Brett Veach is not allowed to do that. You know, Brett Veach goes into he his offseason. different plan, yeah. Sort of planning for the future. That's what yeah. makes great GMs great is that they don't just assume that whatever happened last year is going to continue next year. No doubt. And look, I think it's this is usually how our conversations sometimes go on the on the show about like production and stuff. What Juju's going to have a huge game on Sunday now. This is yeah, usually, yeah, yeah. This is a, like, <laughs> Well, because by the way, just for the record, <laughs> he's going to have a big game. This now is on the Sunday. this is the quote unquote worst stretch of his season. Like there. Ha- he doesn't have another four-game stretch like that at any point. Would you take the the over on his yards? So right now, it could, because of his performance recently, the total's really low. Over-under receiving over at FanDuel right now for Juju is just 46 and a half yards. Show that? So, so he hasn't hit back? That, he hasn't hit that mark in any of the last four games, right. but the two games prior to that, he had 10 catches for 88 versus Houston. He had nine catches for 74 and a touchdown versus Denver. The way their defensive coordinator is talking about Travis Kelsey – he described a play in which Travis Kelsey wasn't even targeted, and he was like, well, if they do ring around the rosy, guard Travis Kelsey. That's not even who he threw the ball to. Guys, Kelsey's or Juju's yardage total is only 11 yards more than Kadarius Tony on FanDuel. So, wait, what, what is, so Tony's Tony, what, 30, 30, 35 and a half? 35 and a half? Yeah. Juju's 46 and a half. Uh, Kelsey's 77 and a half. That's so funny because Tony, Tony has topped 35 Three times this year. One of them was also, last week when he had 36. Isn't Kelsey 77 and a half the lock of the century? He's hit that over in seven consecutive games by a lot. I almost feel like you have to bet it, but you know this is why I think this is weird. when you this lose is where, it. This, that's is the, where, this, is where, that's, this is where Kelsey has 50 yards receiving, but Juju has 110. That's the funny thing about... so stupid. About, so dumb. <laughs> I always love listening to defensive coordinators talk about Travis Kelsey, like, oh, we got to give him attention. Like, oh, yeah, you're the first defensive coordinator who's ever had that idea. <laughs> no, most other DCs are like, how did we forget that 87 was so good? No, I mean, he's been it's doing like, this for about eight years now, and is, other teams have tried to stop him as well, just so you're aware. I like the idea of, like, in the middle of the 80s, these guys are like, hey, we, we got a new plan. It's stop Jerry Rice. You're like, we all have that plan. <laughs> Do you have, like, any ideas for it? Right, you just, like, you walk into a, def- you walk in, like, you're the Seahawks. You're it's probably the, the Seahawks. Seahawks. What if we did press? You're every, like, someone's tried that. Thanks. You're right. Every Zone? Have you guys tried the zone? <laughs> you're Man. Right. You're right. Every team does it. Because the Chiefs basically said the same thing about Jamar Chase yesterday. Like, Justin Reed's like, we ha- we will, every play, we have to know where Jamar Chase is. Like, I'm, every team says that as well. Yeah, and that's every honestly, that and anytime well. you go up against Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins. I would actually recommend ignore all the players are in every play. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> I could be a defensive coordinator because every single week I would just game plan to stop the other team's best player. Yeah. What's Brilliant. Uh, Honestly, that wasn't really that was like Bill Belichick's strategy for a while, and it worked. <laughs> I'm just gonna not let the best player be best. Our NFL playoff coverage brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Let's talk to a former Chiefs wide receiver. Let's ask him the same question Nick asked us, which is, "What is going on? Maybe with Juju the last four weeks? Is there something Dane and Hughes sees that's coming up?" 
Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by GAN Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, GAN Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com.